Welcome to Healthcare Hacks and Connections Podcast. Here you will learn all things podcasting, acquiring amazing tips and tricks required to transform your podcast into an essential tool to grow your business. On this show, we will bring in expert guests from across the healthcare spectrum. They will share their personal stories, discuss their struggles, and give real examples of how a podcast helped to grow their business. Now let's head into this week's episode. All right, guys, welcome back to the podcast. So today we have with us my really good friend, Javier Carlin. So good that this guy was even in my wedding. So that's awesome. <laughs> Javier Carlin. And he is a co-founder with his wife, Marissa, of Practice Revolution, where they help replace your income, break free from their nine to five, achieve six figures and beyond in their online private practice. So that's for nutritionists and RDs, registered dietitians. But I just want to welcome Javier to the podcast. Thanks, man. Super excited to be here today. Appreciate you having me. Appreciate for coming on. So I know you are a sales expert, Javi. So we're going to touch on that, but also you are a previous client of ours. So we definitely want to touch on, you know, what it has been like having a podcast, having a platform to speak on, you know, and being able to show up every day as that authority figure for these registered dietitians and nutritionists out there that are looking for this help, especially, you know, from what we've been through with the pandemic and all that to advance themselves in their online private practice. Yeah, hundred percent. So I think first and foremost, the experience working with you, Nate, and the team was absolutely amazing. And for anyone out there that wants to get their message out there, get their voice heard and become that authority figure for the people that you want to serve, having a podcast is definitely the way to go. And so for us, ultimately, the climate for the online space, especially over these past few years, has been filling up pretty quickly. And so it's getting pretty saturated in the the sense that there's a lot more people that are online than ever before, both consumers and both the business owners looking to grow their business by helping the people with their products and services. And so because of that, whereas even just a few years ago, you could get away with maybe being on one platform, right? Providing tons of value on that one platform and growing your business and helping a lot of people that way. Nowadays, people are being flooded with content. They're being flooded with video, with with podcasts, with literally anything under the sun. And it's a fight for their attention. And so one of the, the things that have happened because of that is that people now are more skeptical than ever. Right there, for some people, they work with people in the past, they bought products and services online, and they've gotten, they felt like they got the short end of the stick, whether they got scammed completely or they just weren't really happy with what they received. And so, because of that, because of that influx of people online, that skepticism is at an all time high. And so, one of the first things that people will do when they first interact with something that you've created, whether it's a reel, whether it's a Facebook live training, whether it's a YouTube video, right? Whatever it is, 
One of the first things that they'll do is they'll go onto another platform if they're considering investigating more about you. They'll go on Google, for example, and they'll search for you, right? And so now more than ever, it's extremely important to not just be in one place, but to try and be in as many places as possible. And what's so interesting, what's so interesting about this is that uh, in the past, I was completely against that. And to be honest, I think when you're just starting off in any business, uh, depending on how much time you do have, and or money because you could always pay people to help you with this stuff, right? I still think that there is some value in really honing in on one thing and one channel. But now we have to move towards expanding our message across multiple platforms because of everything that I just mentioned. And so a podcast is a critical piece to that, right? And the people who typically listen to podcasts, you know, they're typically listening to podcasts in their car, while they're driving to and from work, right? So they're really focused. They're, they're paying a lot more attention to what they're listening to, right? People are at the gym, right? And so literally you can listen to a podcast. You can just plug in some earbuds, some headphones on, and you can listen to a podcast everywhere and anywhere that you go. And so you can literally be inside someone's head, right? If you think about this at any time, whereas you know, when you have video content or anything else that you're putting out there, people need to be directly looking at their phone or on their computer to absorb the content that you're producing. And so there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's still a very valuable tool, but a podcast is unique in that way. So short answer is I think having a podcast is extremely important to building authority, to building your brand and to making sure that the people who you serve are exposed to your message. Yeah, I think you you definitely uh, put that uh, in a very elegant way. And I've even seen you with the expansion because you know, you have the podcast, but now you're transitioning also to YouTube and putting stuff on YouTube. And that's really helping your organic search like you were talking about because people are using Google to search up, hey, you know, how to how to increase sales with my online private practice for registered dietitians. And then you're popping up within the first two pages, you know, because of that. And then you're also popping up in the video section. So then people are going to be able to get that information right away and get that quick win, get that quick action step that they need to take to move forward with their answer or their practice. hundred percent. And And then like you were kind of saying there, I think it's also that like, like I believe, yes, master one platform and just go all in and do that for like a year or two, but then start to look for the expansion and in where to go next with your platform, where your audience is, of course, don't just go say, I don't know, TikTok if that's not your audience. So like, let's say, Let's say you're a, a geriatric dietitian, maybe, right? Is your audience going to be on TikTok? Probably not, right? So then you shouldn't probably go to that platform. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just knowing knowing that where where your audience is and where they where they cohabitat at. And then I also wanted to bring up one thing that you were even saying. Uh, well, actually, it's a stat, and it's from actually our previous episode. Is that people are choosing to listen to podcasts rather than music. Hmm. And it's at 28% that people are doing that. Wow. 
That's huge. That That's huge. And then on top of that, you know, most of the people are drivers, they're commuters and things like, or they are also, uh, you know, they're doing this while they're, they're doing their chores and whatnot. So mm. you, you're, you're like that voice in their head. And so when they're ready to take action with you, and then now this is going to get into our sales talk guys, you know, they're <laughs> ready, they're ready to go and they're kind of prepared. So like, let's even go into that now on the sales side of it is like, how does that help in sales? And then also, how does that prepare people before they get to the call? to the discovery call, the evaluation. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So just for some context, we've been, and this has been in, in multiple different businesses, the physical therapy practice, and now with the online business, and we've been running paid advertising lately, right? And with the paid advertising, you typically are getting people who do not know anything about you, right? They're very cold depending on the type of targeting that you're using. And so we're in the past, all of our clients that we've gotten were either local from local networking and online, they were from our Facebook group, meaning the Facebook group for us specifically, where which was our main platform where we were providing weekly training. And so what we found was that those people that were constantly listening to us, watching us, seeing our content, were so much more um, warm to us right? That we had already built that know, like, and trust with them. And so when we started this paid advertising where people did not know we existed, right? And we weren't on all these platforms like we are now, they were a lot more skeptical, a lot less responsive. And they had a lot, there was a lot more resistance in the conversations we were having with them because for one thing, they just flat out didn't trust us, right? They don't trust the company because they literally just heard of it a few days before. And they just, again, have so much skepticism that you're basically pushing this, this boulder uphill, right? Whereas before when we had people who are warm, right? It was like the snowball effect going downhill where it was just, everything was growing and it was, so, it was actually pretty easy. And so all that's to say that being able to, uh, again, expand to different platforms, being able to be an authority uh, in, a, in a podcast, for example, and like you mentioned, being in someone's ear 24-7 or as often as they listen to it, right, is building up that no like and trust factor, which I know has been said thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of times by just about every single person on the planet now, right? But that's, that, that's what it is, right? And it, it creates this sense of familiarity of like, oh, I, I know this person, I enjoy their energy, I, I vibe with them, I resonate with what they say, what they say makes sense, right? This is someone that I could listen to. Uh, this is someone that I can trust, right? Why do I need to listen to this person? They, they get all of that when they start to consume your content. And so because of that, right, we're, we're priming someone, right? We're pre-framing them and providing context for why they should listen to us. And so when we get on a call with someone who's gone through that journey of consuming our content to better understand how we think, what we believe, what our values are, and what we stand for, right? When they get on that call with you, if you're, if you're selling, you know, one-to-one or even one-to-many, that's all that resistance has essentially faded away. And so those people are much more likely to act and act fast because they already trust you, they trust the company, they trust the process, and they just want help now. 
And so when it comes to, to having a podcast and being seen as the authority, right. And having, and building up that brand, the sales conversations are night and day. It just gets that much easier for people to say yes to working with you because of all the work that you did prior, right. And all the, all, all the content that they've listened to, to prior, you know, prior to, prior to meeting with you on that call. Yeah. And, and you mentioned something there about like, you know, your Facebook group. And I think you guys have built an amazing community. I think that's also one thing that people who do have podcasts are out there. They need to be focused on creating like a community because, you know, then these people, when they are getting on these calls, it's more like you're talking to your brother, your sister versus a random stranger because they they have this buy-in and they feel like they are a part of your family, you know, or in the community practice. I'm like, they're like, yeah, I'm a part of practice revolution. You know, I'm in in the group and, uh, you know, and, and I contribute, ask questions. I I go on the lives, you know, when they go live, Mm -hmm. share the wins. Yeah. I would say that that's a, that's a, a perfect, um, place to send your podcast listeners too, because here's the thing. And so using those in tandem can be, can be extremely beneficial, right? Or some level of community. It doesn't have to be a Facebook group, but I think, I think there are a lot of people on Facebook and, and those communities are relatively easy to, to build and, and create. And so you could literally take people at, cause you know, with, with a podcast, you can see the number of people who are downloading your episodes, right? You can definitely get analytics and stats on the back end, but at the end of the day, it's, it's hard to put a, you know, to actually visualize who the people are that are listening and being able to put a name to the face and being able to do all these things. Well, with that said though, if you can then start to direct people to a community, right. And you're using a podcast, which can, you know, reach thousands, if not millions of people, right. And you're telling them, Hey, listen, if you want X, right. And you want to join our community, like that's a great place to send them to. And now it just becomes this, you know, this ecosystem that you start to build out. And so I think, I think to your point, I think that's, it, it's, it's great to be able to connect those two things. Yeah. That nurture system. And, you know, because they might not be ready to buy now, but then, or, or even months from now, but mm-hmm. when they are ready, they're going to buy because they trust this whole ecosystem that you've built. And when you're ready to put out the offer, which we'll even talk about that. It's like, how, how many times do you feel like even per month should someone be putting out an offer or like, mm-hmm. say, say they do one episode, one episode a, month, uh, a week. How, how many times in that month should they be putting out uh, an offer? Yeah, I think, I think it's 80, 20. So 80% yes. should be yeah providing value <laughs> and educating, shifting beliefs about how people are thinking and why it's wrong. And mm-hmm. then 20% of that time should be, um, making some, some type of an offer, right. And an offer, obviously it could be to, to buy something, but it could also be, uh, to take that next, that next step with you. What next step? any next step, right? It could be to book a call. It could be to send you an email. It could be to send you a message. It could be to, you know, whatever the call to action is, but that could be perceived as an offer as well. I love that you framed it that way because my understanding and always has been of an offer was it has to be like, you know, something that you're selling, but it could just be like, Hey, jump on this call with me. You know, let's just see if we're even the right fit to help you in this journey that you're trying to go on. 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and ultimately like that's, that's what we're, you know, wanting to do, but there's different avenues that we can have people do that. Right. And so, and so, yeah, absolutely. And I never even thought of that because <laughs> I was even thinking of like, you know, even adding to an email list, that's a free thing, you know, even going to the Facebook group, like we were just talking about following yeah. the, the Instagram, TikTok, the YouTube, you know, that's, I guess that, that is an offer technically. Yeah. And I would have never thought of that in that way. Cause I always thought of the offer had to be something that was like monetary exchange. Mm. Yeah. And so, and so that's, it's interesting, right? Because you could definitely, um, you can see it both ways. And I feel like there, you know, let's say you were telling someone, Hey, go watch this training. And then in that training, maybe that training specifically was a, was a place where you had like an actual offer, whether it was to buy something directly or again, to book a call with you, depending on your sales process, everyone's sales process is a little bit different, but you could be strategic in that way where there's value in, in the email, right? And now, and now the email is related to like a YouTube training that you did, right? And then you send people there. And so now they're getting even more value from you. And now in that YouTube training, maybe that is a direct offer. So there's a, a, few, a few different ways to go about it, you know? Got it. I think that was perfect yeah. way to explain yeah. it. So let's give some actionable steps here. You know, if someone's looking to like increase their sales, you know, or revenue this year, mm. like what are some things that some easy kind of things to take that they can utilize today and, you know, to do that? Yeah, to increase their sales. So, so it depends. And the reason I say it depends is there, there are, there are many, many steps, right, to the sales process. And so it could be a matter of, hey, I'm not getting sales. I'm not able to increase my revenue because I don't have anyone to talk to, right? Like no one's either talking to me, no, no one's interested in my services. There could be a gap in the marketing, which is leading to not enough sales opportunities to then actually get customers, right? So that could be a gap. Uh, another potential gap could be, hey, I'm getting all of these conversations going, right? I'm getting all of these calls booked, but no one's showing up to the calls, right? That's another gap because if you have that gap, you're not going to make sales <laughs> if no one can't. You can't sell someone anything if they're not if they're not on the call with you, right? Uh, and I'm. And I'm, I'm the, what I'm referring to is, is, you know, if you're, if you're selling one-to-one -one in that way, cause there's one-to-many, you can sell through webinars, you can, you know, do course launches, master classes. there's all these different ways to go about it. Um, but just for, for the sake of, of this example, I'm talking about one-to-one -one sales, right. And then, and then, and if you have an in-person practice, that's the exact same thing, right. You're just meeting with someone in person, but it's still the same process. And so again, if no one's showing up to the calls, well, you can't, you can't collect money from an empty Zoom Zoom screen, <laughs> and so uh, and so the the third piece, and there's there's more, but just to keep it simple, the third part is, hey, people are showing up, they are a good fit, but when I ask them or when I invite them right to work with me, they're coming up with all the objections and excuses under the sun, right? And so that's another thing that can deter you from being able to increase your sales. So I think the first thing for everyone listening is if you're having trouble with uh, increasing the number of, of clients that you have, increasing your sales and your revenue, uh, you have to just be aware of and analyze, okay, where is the gap, right? 
where is the gap? And so that's the first thing you have to do. And then from there, you can start to plug in those holes. So Nate, is there any, any one of those parts specifically that you want me to dive deeper into? So let's dive into the objections. I think, I think that's, that's a good way to go because I'm sure a lot of these people are getting people well, hopefully they're getting people on the calls and, and maybe their, their objections are maybe monetary or mm. maybe their objection is, Hey, you know, actually, let me go ask my wife. Let me go ask my husband. Yeah. Um, you know, that type of objection objections. Yeah. Yeah. So objections, good, good topic. Good topic. So basically you, you mentioned a few of these, so there, I would say there are top three objections, right? And so if anyone's listening right now, you probably already know these, right? But I'm going to mention them to you. So uh, can you guess what they are? <laughs> so number one, it's it's uh, money, right? So finances. Number two is time. So time, time and timing could be, uh, I need to think about it. So they're delaying, or it could also be, it's not the right time, which is again, a delay, right? Uh, and the third one is spouse, partner, dog hamster. Uh, so, so I need to, I need to basically ask for someone's permission or talk to someone about this decision. Right. And so those are the three core objections. And so one of the biggest mistakes that a lot of people make is, is essentially thinking that they could go through an entire call. Right. And what's interesting is in a lot of these calls, when you're talking to someone, if you were really listening and paying attention, you could hear what those objections are going to be, right? They'll say subtle things like, oh, I just, you know, don't have a budget or yeah, you know, my, my husband uh, has been taking care of the family for, you know, five years. I haven't worked, you know, I've been a stay at home mom, right? They're, they say things like this and most people don't pick up on that, right? Immediately, if someone says that, I'm like, okay, two, two things. This person right now may not have the ability to invest her own money into something like this, right? So that's a financial one. A second thing that she might say, or the second conclusion we can come to is, okay, well, if the husband is the one that's making all the money, then he might have to have a role in this decision. And so just by doing those two things, right? What most people will do is they'll either not hear that or they'll ignore it because they're scared to ask about it, which is a, which anything that you ignore does not get better, but it gets worse. Right. And so, and so, um, most people ignore it. And then when they get to the end and they say, Hey, it's going to be, you know, $10,000, $5,000, whatever the number is, it doesn't matter. They get the objection. And then they try and backtrack and try to, you know, handle that objection when it's already too late. Right. We know we don't have any, any, um, context for, for how to handle that objection. And so one of the best things that you can do with any, with any objections, right? It's not handling the objections when they, when, when you get them, it's actually pre-handling those objections. Meaning you shouldn't necessarily be making an offer to someone that you're not almost a hundred percent sure they're going to say yes. Right. And so what that looks like is if someone is, is telling you, Hey, I, you know, I, I haven't worked in a half a year or a year. It's like, Hey, that's awesome. I mean, that's totally, that that's totally cool. You know, tell me more about that. What's kind of been going on. Right. Oh, actually, you know, I, I had saved up all like all this money in order to take six months off. 
right? So that I could I could take a break and just you know kind of reset. But now I'm ready uh, to get started up again, and I want to start my business. Okay, that's that's amazing, right? I'm curious for you. Like, obviously, you saved up all this money, you know, six months ago. You haven't worked in six months. Have you put some money aside? If an investment, if you felt an investment was necessary, have you put some money aside in order to start up and grow your business? Right. It's a pretty direct uh, question, but they're going to tell us yes or no. And so, if they say, "Actually, no, I haven't," I'm kind of all up on funds. It's like, hey, not a problem. You know, are you open to some to some options for being able to afford something like this? that can actually help you to reach your goals of hitting 3K, 5K, 10K per month or whatever their goal is, right? I'm obviously using a business example here. And so instead of ignoring that conversation, we're just talking about it openly and straight up, right? And so that way, I already know what to expect at the end. If they're not open to figuring to some ideas or options to figure out how to afford this thing, right? And they tell me, no, I'm not open to that and I don't have any money to invest. Okay, conversation over, right? It's, it's that like there's nothing else that we can do there, <laughs> but I got that information before ever presenting my solution. And so uh, on the other hand, they say, yeah, actually, yeah, you know, I do, I do have money saved up, and I have put some money set aside specifically to start my business. It's like, oh, that's great, that's great to hear. You know, happy to hear that. And then we we've locked, we we've, we've checked that off, right? Another one is is timing. So I'll give you one example with timing. So. If we want to make sure to do the best that we can in preventing the objection of, I need to think about it, or I just don't know if it's the right time, right? We can ask questions throughout the sales call, right? Throughout, throughout the conversation that we're having, consistently and constantly asking them, why now is the best time? Hey, I know you said you've been wanting to do this for five years now. Obviously, you haven't right? Why is that? Why haven't you, you know, done something about this yet? Okay. And so I, I'm curious, it's because it sounds, it sounds like to me, like this is something that you really want to do. But again, like you've come up with all these reasons, all these, sorry to say excuses for why you haven't done this in the past. Like, why do you feel like now's a good time to do it? What about today has got you wanting to make this change? Right. And so they tell us why now's the most important time. And so here's what people need to understand though. By doing that alone, it does not mean they're not going to give you that, that objection at the end of the call. But guess what you have now? You have the ability to remind them of what they told you five minutes ago because they forgot. And so without that information, we're telling them how to feel and we're telling them what they should do based on how we think, what we think they should do. But if we say, hey, do you remember when five minutes ago you told me this? Is that still the case? Is that still true or were you lying to me? It's like, no, no, that was still true. Okay, well, can you see how there's some inconsistency here in what you said and what you're saying now? It doesn't make any sense, right? And it's just having that open and honest conversation with them. And so I, I think just to wrap this all up, we want to, when it comes to objection and objection handling, a lot of it could be prevented and we could pre-handle those objections before they ever come up. We just have to be willing to have that conversation because if we don't, we're not going to end up having the result that any party wants, right? So hopefully that was helpful. No, I think that was definitely helpful. And, and for people that are out there, out there, you know, they have these private online practices or just even their they're 
just they have online products or, or you know they are jumping on sales calls i think this is going to help them to take down those objections or like you said pre-frame them um so that you know when the end of the call does happen like you were saying you know they already got the answer and then so they can go back and be like hey and remind them about what they just said or they answered, no, I don't have the funds or no, I don't have the time or whatever the objection was. Then you, like you said, you know, like it's not the right fit. Mm-hmm. I think what we're going to have to do is have you back on and, and now even like hearing, okay, objections. Now we might even have to talk about like how, how like prospecting, you know, is mm-hmm. and and pre-framing the prospecting of it. So then these people are already kind of prepared for what's going to happen on the call. So then the, uh, cause I know there's a way to like, like for mine, right? Like I already know like the people's budget and everything. So I already got that objection out of the way. Mm -hmm. I also know like, what is their goals for doing X, Y, Z, you know? So then it's like, cool, got that too. So then it's, it's a lot covered, but I think we're we we definitely need to have you back on to to dive in a little more into that because I I I feel like you you have especially with like people using with you using paid ads I think you 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 would have a different perspective on that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm all about it. That sounds great. All right. Well, my listeners know we're towards the end of the podcast, so what we're going to do is we're going to bust out our pod decks. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you oh. already know what these are. I love it. Let's do it. Let's see. Even though I have the physicals, I always use the the digital version. Ooh. What's something you'll spend time doing no matter what? What's something I'll spend time doing no matter what? No matter what. I would say... I would say... Ballroom dancing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's one for sure. That's one for sure. I would say, I would probably say working on the business. I genuinely love it and I could do it. Don't get me wrong. There are some, sometimes where I need a little shut, you know, shut, like to shut down and shut off. But overall, I would say that's it. I can be learning about it. I can be doing it. I can be teaching it. I could be, you know, yeah, day and night. That's, that's one thing for sure. (laughs) Perfect. All right. What are you avoiding doing because it's hard or scary? Ooh, that's a great question. That is a great question. I have an answer to that. I've been avoiding. So we're working on a low ticket offer that we're going to run paid advertising to. And so I've been looking for people to help us build this out, copywriters, funnel builders, et cetera, because I have a lot of other things on my plate. But at the same time, it's been about two weeks now. And we still really haven't gained too much traction on that. And so I know I I did definitely had time over the past couple of weeks myself to be able to at least start the process. And I haven't. And so that's what I've been avoiding. And I think a part of me, right? And I'm sure this might be true for, for many other people as well, is a part of me is, is not sure it's going to work. And because I'm not sure it's going to work, I'm scared of investing all this time and energy into doing it to see it not succeed. 
And so I think it's just a good reminder, you know, for myself and for all of us, like we all experience this. And so that's definitely something that I've been avoiding doing and probably for a lot longer than two weeks. <laughs> gotcha. So, yeah. so with that too, do you feel like, cause I know I feel sometimes like if I'm trying to add something yeah. in, it, it sometimes feels, I, I don't know, I, maybe the ego kind of kicks in a little bit. It's like, you feel like it might be below you or like not your pay grade is like, should I really be working on this? You know, that's a good question. That's a, that's a really good question. I don't know. I just don't think I'm, not, I'm, I'm that, I'm that good at it. And so I would, I that's would rather another thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather have someone else who's an expert at that and does it do it. And so, and so I think that's a big part of it. I think the second, the second piece is I haven't, I feel like with those types of projects, especially the copywriting side, you have to really be in it. Right. You have to dedicate hours. And I think for me personally, focused time, like two, three, four hours of like, I'm gonna be super intentional about just focusing on this one thing. Hyperfocus, yeah. Hyper focus and I'm gonna I'm gonna complete this project, right, in one go. And so I feel like that's where I work best. And so I haven't had the opportunity to do that, or at least I haven't planned for it. And I haven't made the opportunity to do that. And so I've been attempting to in my day-to-day schedule fit 30 minutes here, an hour here, it's very scattered. And, and it doesn't allow you to, to open and get those creative juices flowing. Cause it does take some time. Like the first 15 minutes of anything you do, especially something creative like that, you might have nothing. (laughs) And so, and so it's like, well, 15 minutes later, you finally get something, but you have to hop on, you know, another call meeting with a team, et cetera. And so I think that's, that's a bigger part of it. Yeah, I definitely, I can see that because I, I'm kind of been dealing with that with like recording a paid ad. I've been so against it, but you know, yeah, it's where, where we need to go, but, uh, recording a paid ad, uh, um, mm. you know, and I'm just like, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I, like I get started and then it's like, uh, 15 minutes later, an hour later. And you're like, man, I don't know. <laughs> I don't yeah. know about this. You know, and, and, and yeah. that's, and you've taught me this really is, you know, maybe you don't feel like qualified to be doing that and you feel like someone else could be doing it, uh, because of the who, not the how. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think, I think that's, that's also a massive part of it. And it's, um, more and more, especially as, as you start to grow in the business, we have limited time, right? We have limited energy. And so we really have to prioritize like what are the most important things in the business and everything else, you know, what's, what's, you know, not that it's not as important, but where my strengths are, where are my weaknesses, right? Let me definitely focus on my strengths. And for example, if we have people that are looking to potentially work with us and invest in our services, and we already have a calendar full of these people, that's a priority. That's going to be a priority, right? If I'm the one still taking the calls, even though we have some team members that also take calls, right? But if I'm still one of the one of the ones that are, that's doing it, that's going to take. That's going to be a priority. And so, and so, being able to to ultimately decide what makes the most sense to work on personally and what can I outsource is key for any growing business, especially like you said, Nate. Like if it's a weakness of yours, if it's not your strong suit, and if someone else could do it better, it goes back to like the who, not the how. Right, mm-hmm. who can help us do this? And so I think for us, it's just been taking a little bit longer and finding that who, uh, which is a process in itself, but but it's a part yeah, of the journey, is. you know? <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. All right. So this is the last one, and then we'll we'll this is wrapping it up. Um, Sounds good. Over the last six months, when have you felt the most electrified and alive? Oh, that one's that's easy. I would say we had our, our live event uh, with about thirty plus people yeah. back in December. It was I think it was December tenth and eleventh. So it was our nutrition bizcon live. And uh, it was it was really neat because we it was um, everyone who attended except for like one or two people were already clients of ours. And so it was really special in that, you know, for this first first event, it was, you know, it was all essentially our clients. Uh, and so these were people that we've been working with for six months, a year, you know, some of them over over a year. So it was really, really amazing to be, to have them all fly in, to be able to spend time with them in person. I believe almost every single person there was the first time we had met in person. And so that's, that's definitely when, when, um, I felt the most electrified, uh, these past six months. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So Javi, uh, now that we're wrapping it up and everything, so for listeners that are listening and they're like, Hey, really uh, love this talk with Javi about sales and a little bit of prospecting we did there towards the end. And they're like, you know, I want to break free from my nine to five and, and achieve that six figures that you're talking about. Um, and they want to work with you. How can they do that? Yeah. Great question. So like we talked about now we're on all platforms. I would say the easiest way to get in touch would be either Facebook. So you can literally literally look up my name, Javier, J-A-V-I-E-R, A Carlin, C-A-R-L-I-N. Just look me up, send me a friend request and send me a personal message. That's one of the fastest way to get a hold of me. And then number two, Instagram. So we're at the practice revolution. Just shoot us a message through there and we'll respond. Um relatively quickly. So uh, those are the the top two places that you can directly message us and the team. We're obviously, like we mentioned on YouTube at The Practice Revolution, podcast, The Practice Revolution. And then our website is thepracticerevolution.co, C-O, no com.co. So these are all different places you can find us. And, you know, Feel free to reach out with any questions, anything at all. We have tons of resources and trainings that are also, you know, free uh, that we'd be happy to uh, to serve you with. So, awesome! All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening, and thank you, Javi, for coming on. And we'll see you on the next one. Peace, guys. Take care. Thank you. For more inspiring conversations like this one, I invite you to join my free Facebook group, Healthcare Hacks and Connections. Also, be sure to subscribe, rate, review on Apple, Spotify, and Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Lastly, be sure to follow our socials on Instagram, thepodcast underscore doc, and Nate Novice on Facebook. Thank you and have a great day.